welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and I am happy you are here. Money Mile is where we help active, time-crunched people increase confidence in their finances while increasing their fitness. We package financial education into roughly mile-sized educational bits for approximately one mile on your long, steady run, and we strive to make each episode valuable for you. This is the best financial education podcast designed for triathletes and runners. In our last episode, we talked about the Olympic level of your financial training plan as it relates to estate planning, and we talked about three ways to level up your estate plan. Your homework was to think about something you could do to improve your estate plan. So what did you decide to do? And how did it go? Whatever you choose to do, I hope it went well for you. Please let us know if you have any questions. You can email me at info at wallerfc.com and I am happy to help. In today's episode, we're going to level up our work on the cash flow component of your financial training plan. We are always looking to improve what we are doing here and would love to hear your feedback and constructive criticism. Please email me at info at wallerfc.com if you have any constructive criticism or requests for topics to be covered in future episodes. Back in episode 23, we talked about the basics of your cash flow plan for active people. I shared two primary guardrails to consider. Save 20% of your income and spend less than 30% of your income on housing. Today, we're going to level up our cash flow planning by talking about a few more best practices you should keep in mind. You should not be paying monthly for something that is going down in value. A good example of this is spending money to buy a car or a high-end bike that you end up paying off monthly. It is functionally impossible to accumulate and maintain wealth with significant monthly resources being allocated towards things that go down in value. For example, cars, toys, electronic gadgets, even your favorite superbike, all of these things go down in value over time. The second best practice is to work towards being able to pay all of your bills in the first week of the month and then live comfortably for the rest of the month without having to be concerned about how much money you will have allocated for fuel. This requires a focused effort, but it is well worth the time spent. Now, my target is typically the first week of the month, but depending upon your payment schedules, it might be the 22nd of the month. The key is to be able to pay all of your bills on one day and then be able to move on about your life. It is also okay for your bills to be paid ahead. Now, at some point in your life, you should be paying ahead for your bills so you don't have to worry about being behind. The bills still get paid every month, but if you work toward paying all of your bills one time a month, it will significantly reduce your stress level and it will also allow you to focus your mental bandwidth elsewhere, like better training or having fun with your family and friends. If you have a bill that goes up and down over time, like a utility bill, you can try averaging it out and working towards paying the same amount every month. If your electricity bill varies between $100 and $300, let's say, consider paying $200 each month. You will get ahead in the months when the bill is lower, and it will take the edge off when those higher bills come up. If you are paid ahead, most utility companies will work with you. This leads me to my next general suggestion. Now, monthly cash flow hates variability. Whatever you can do to minimize variations in your cash flow will improve your overall position. A good example of this in the training world is that if you are training effectively, you are probably not training 20 hours one week and two hours the next. 
In order to build fitness over time, you need to be able to train consistently. Your cash flow here is very similar. One of the best ways we can mitigate volatility of the cash flow is to think about things in advance. Now, when your expenses happen to you, you are left hoping for the best, and hope is generally not a great strategy. As much as we can plan for things, there are always other things that will pop up. This is where maintaining a cash reserve is important, so your monthly structure is not derailed every time something pops up. We talked about some specifics on cash reserves back in episode 26, when we talked about risk management. Today, we're going to take this a few steps further. You can think of your cash reserve like the air in your bike tires. You need to check it regularly and make sure you top it off if it's low. The air in your tires takes the edge off every pothole and makes your ride much more comfortable. If you have ever ridden your bike with a flat tire, you know where I'm coming from. You feel every bump, every pothole, everything could be a game changer. Your cash reserve is very similar. Without an effective cash reserve, the next small bump in the road financially could be a game changer. We also need to keep in mind that you can have too much in cash reserves as well. You probably wouldn't pump your bike tires up to 150 PSI, and similarly, having too much in cash reserves will also hurt your long-term financial picture. I have a starting suggestion of between three to six months of expenses as a good target. If you have 10 years of your expenses in cash, you are losing significantly to inflation and taxes every year. And you wouldn't pump your tires up to 150 PSI every Monday, so you wouldn't have to do it again all week. You should check your tire pressure before every ride, just like you need to check your cash reserves every month to make sure that things are going the way you need them to. If you needed to dip into your cash reserves a little bit last month, let's make sure to put it back this month so you'll be ready for the next bump in the road. Your cash reserves keeps you from going into debt when something unexpected happens. I sometimes talk with clients about the one-time thing that happens often. It might not be every month, and it might not be every time, but many months will have their own one-time thing. It could be a house repair one month, or you decided to do a race at the last minute, so you have entry fees and travel costs. You don't do it each month, but these things happen, and many months will have these. Each one will act like a pothole on your bike ride. If you have a cash reserve, you can cruise right through it. If you do not have a cash reserve and you are not planning appropriately for these one-time things, it could derail your efforts like a flat tire two miles from transition. One way to address one-time things that continue to happen is to structure your cash reserves so that you have an accrual account, or it is also sometimes called a sinking fund. This means that if you have an expense that comes up every year, you set aside a small amount of money every month to pay for it. For example, if you know you're signing up for an iron distance race every year and it's going to cost you $800, you set aside $67 each month so that you will have the money when it is time to pay for the fees. You can set up as many separate accounts as you need to have a functional system for you. This is where my old mantra comes back in. You should have as much structure as you need and as little as you can get away with. The record for me is 17. The highest number of separate cash accounts I have seen is 17. But you have to find what works for you. If you have a lot of periodic expenses, you might also want to consider grouping them together. For example, you might have property taxes, homeowner's insurance, and tuition due at the same time. 
If you group them all together, you could have one account that you use to accumulate money for three different expenses that happen at generally the same time of the year. In the Sprint Level episode, I talked about the guardrail of saving 20% of your income. This is intended to be saving for your future, the you in 5, 10, or 20 years. Now, when you're setting aside money that you know you're going to spend in the next year or two, I would suggest you view that as part of your spending plan as opposed to the long-term saving side of things. If you've ever gotten coaching on your swim stroke, sometimes it feels like there are too many things to focus on at one time. A high elbow, lift your chin when you breathe, a full arm extension, and how your hand enters the water, how often are you kicking? So many different things can be impacted in a swim stroke. And we cannot focus on more than a few things at once. Improving your cash flow is very similar. So, as with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So, we're going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. I want you to think about your current cash flow plan, what you're doing and how you're doing it, and what can you do to improve it. It's not about being perfect once, it is about continuously making things better. That's what we're all about. So think for a few moments about what you can do to level up the cash flow component of your financial training plan, and then do it. If you have questions, please email me at info at wallerfc.com, and I'm happy to help. In our next episode, we're going to continue to improve your financial training plan, and we're going to work on income tax planning at the Olympic level. I hope this was a valuable investment of your time. I want your life to be better because you join us here. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And I'll look forward to talking with you next time on Money Mile.